Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocery and The Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you. Marinero, the sick podcast, fresh off the Canadians' 3 nothing win. And joining me to talk about it, Sassanacup, Francois Gagnon, wearing his Montreal Canadiens red. Look at him. <laughs> Tony, Tony, just one win. It smells uh, hot dog, maybe. It smells... Uh, Winter, maybe, but the Stanley Cup? No, not yet. Let's wait until they win at least two in a row because one in a row is not a good sequence. And no. So far this season, that's the only thing they were able to get three times, but it's only one win in a row. It's a sick podcast brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer, only 90 calories, natural flavors, no preservatives now available in Quebec grocery stores. And at the beer store, here's to you, Nick Suzuki who wasn't happy with the way he played in Los Angeles and in Anaheim. And after that game versus the Ducks, he said, very disappointed. I'm better than this. I got to play better than this. I take pride in my game. I want to be a very good player. I want to help this team. I'm not, and I better shape up. And the next game he did. Scores two minutes in, just over two minutes in. Sets up the next two, one goal, two assists, first star. Francois, that's the response you want from Nick Suzuki. That's the response you want. And you know what? You could see that coming uh, from Nick Suzuki. And I'm not talking about the game last night, that rebound game. I'm talking about the first 10 when he was not able to score, when his line was easy to play against. Uh, Actually, the entire Canadian team was easy to play against. But, you know, you could feel that at training camp. Nick Suzuki came in. He was the number one centerman of that team. He had that uh, big contract negotiation that was coming in. He knew that he was all alone up front and nobody was pushing him aside. Uh, we knew Christian Dvorak could try, maybe. And uh, now we're looking at him more as a second-line center, maybe a third-line center. So Nick Suzuki took things lightly at training camp. He was gliding. And nothing against him. You know, we always talk about the sophomore jinx, that second year that usually pro athletes are coming in and say, oh, man, I'm here. I'm a professional now. I'm settling down in the big leagues. And that second year is tough. That second year came in the first year. Remember before the playoff uh, or before his second season, he said, "Uh, you know, I actually, I look at this as I had two seasons in a row because of the interruption for COVID. So last year, it was good. There was no jinx there, but he took things slightly at training camp. It showed in the first couple of games. And now, last night, he played a really good game against a not that good of a hockey team. Yeah. But the Red Wings were exactly what the Canadians and Nick Suzuki needed last night because even though the Wings are not good, the Canadians played a good game and they were rewarded. They didn't deserve to be rewarded earlier in the season, yeah. but last night they did. You asked for it, you got it. If memory serves me well, the last time we spoke, you said to me, You wanted to see Jonathan Drouin at center. Unfortunately for him, his night only lasted three shifts as he went to the front of the net and he got a uh, Brett Kulak slap shot that hit him off the year. He went to hospital. He went back. Uh, Today, what's the latest on Drouin, Francois? 
Well, you know, it, it was a freak accident. Uh, it looked really serious because you saw him coming out of the ice, like uh, holding his head. Uh, no, let's hope that it's nothing that serious and that he'll be able to come back with the team uh, tomorrow night against the Islanders because they need him. Um, the sample was not big last night. You said it, three shifts. Yeah. But in those three shifts, we saw exactly what a line involving Drouin as a centerman with Josh Anderson on the, on the other side, on the right side, and Mike Hoffman on the other one could give to the Canadians a lot of pizzazz in the offensive zone, and we saw that, but oh God. when A lot of confusion in the defensive zone. When they come in their zone, uh, you're not getting the players that you want. That's the reason why I don't mind having Josh Anderson with Jonathan Drouin on the same line. Those guys are buddies. They spend the, the uh, entire summer together. Uh, you know, Josh Anderson, who's building a new home in Montreal, lived at Jonathan Drouin's place this summer. They trained together. They played golf together. So I don't mind seeing them together. But please, on the other hand, put somebody that will be more reliable defensively than Mike Hoffman. And it's nothing against Hoffman. He can score goals. And I understand the thinking. I need a big line. Guys that can give me some offensive power, they will give that to you if they stay 200 feet away of your own net. But when they come closer to your goaltender, it could become a nightmare. And we saw that in one of the three shifts that they played last night. Well, but at that point, you're going to have either Toffoli or Hoffman um, not playing on the same line, right? Because the same thing will, if you don't want Hoffman on the Drouin line with Anderson, you're not going to want Hoffman on a line with Suzuki and Toffoli either. So at that point, Hoffman's playing with Christian Dvorak? Well, that's something that I would like to see because the Rock is is able to give the puck and to settle plays and to give scoring chances to whoever he plays with. And I'm not a big fan of Mike Hoffman, but he has one quality. Give him some scoring chances and he'll be able to score goals. That's what he does. That's why he got contract after contract. That's why teams still want to take a chance on him, even though at his age, he almost played with half of the team in the NHL. I know I'm putting too many teams here, but it's a figure of speech. So, you know, you could see with Drouin and Anderson, a guy like Lekanen, maybe a guy like Armia, who's strong around the boards, who's going to go get the puck for Drouin because that's not his bread and butter. But when he gets the puck, he has a good vision, he has good hands, and he's a lot more of a set, you know, to set the play than to score goals. So that's what I want to see. As I said, the sample last night was not uh, big enough. But uh, I hope we're going to see that for a while because the first experience when he came to Montreal was not that good. But this time, because there's, let's put it this way, the Canadians are fragile on the center yeah. line. Maybe that could help for a while until they get somebody else. For me, it's simple. In 86, they had an Italian, they won the cup. In 93, they had an Italian, they won the cup. The last couple of games before Detroit, they lost both. They bring up an Italian from Laval, a Toronto boy, and they win the game. All kidding aside, uh, what did you think of Pozzetta's first regular season game in the National Hockey League? I, I really like what he brought. I was scared of one thing. The kid is all fired up. He's coming to play his first game in the NHL. They are telling him, you know what? We need your passion. We need your grit. I was scared that he would get involved in a scrap early on in the game, get yeah. ejected of the game, and we could not see what he was bringing. He needs to bring energy. Remember, there was that win uh, 
<clears throat> in Seattle. Yeah. The fourth line, Paquette was there, played nine minutes, nine and a half minutes. That was the best line of the Canadian because every time that line was on the ice, something was happening. Yeah. Um, you mean the loss in uh, Seattle? Yeah. The, the, no, not the loss in Seattle. The win in uh, San Jose. I'm sorry. The win in San Jose, of course. The win yeah. in San Jose. I'm sorry. So that's what I was hoping to see from Pizzetta yesterday. He had a good training camp. You yeah. Know? You know he's going to be a feisty player. That's what I want to see. Good presence on the ice. Uh, uh, bring some energy. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, he said, I would have loved to score. Uh, that line had more shots on the uh, other side's goaltender than shots that they gave to their goaltender. So that's a real positive if you're yeah. a coach. Keep that guy in. Because as I said earlier on, the Canadians were way, way too easy to play against yeah. in the first 10 game stint. Uh, and actually, they stinked in many of those first yeah. 10 games. So now they need to be more tough to face. And a guy like Pizzetta will give you that. A yeah. guy like Paquette will give you that when he's going to come back from his suspension. You know what? I thought the same thing on Pizzetta. He played an energy game with control and discipline. It was very good the way he played. And I know some people because they like the look, they like the hair, they like the smile, they like the energy that he brings. He's playing his first game. Everyone was happy for him. They may be looking at his eight and a half minutes and say, oh, they should have played. You know what, Francois? He's got limited talent. He gives you everything he has in the tank. I actually think that in his case, less is more. He can give you more by actually playing under a certain threshold of minutes. Let's say under 10 minutes. Well, you know what? That's exactly the same thing with Brendan Gallagher. Now he's injured. It's obvious. You know, you saw him coming out of the penalty box. He was rested two minutes, entire two minutes to regain his composure, his energy. He gets a breakaway, and he was easy to catch up. It's obvious he can't skate as well as he can usually, and he's not, he doesn't have the speed. He still has the grit, though. But even though when he's, you know, in full shape, you cannot overplay Brandon Gallagher because he gives everything he has every time he goes on the ice. Yeah. You know, some players, and I don't say that Gallagher is not smart. He's a smart player. But some players are smarter in the way that they uh, give out their energy. They keep a little bit. Oh, it's not needed here. I'll wait for No, Gallagher doesn't think like that. He no. Goes, he goes, Gallagher he goes. doesn't preserve energy. He puts the foot on the gas and that's it. I wait for law. And if he plays 20 minutes, yeah. at the end of the game, he's going to be liable because at some point, he will not get the energy that he needs to be able to deal with the situation. So that's that's why I agree with you on what you said about Pizzetta. Nine minutes, nine and a half, ten maybe. And if he, be, if he becomes a good penalty killer in the NHL, give him a little bit more. But less is better with those guys because every time they go on the ice, you want to make sure that he's going to be on the plus side and not on the minus one. All right. Okay, so listen, I know the sample size is small for Paquette and especially for Brooks and Paquette's out a couple of games, one more game because of the, uh, uh, the boarding penalty versus Trevor Zegras and the game versus Anaheim. Let's just say the Canadians have a great game versus the Islanders. And then it would be two great games in a row, minus Paquette, who is out with the suspension. Would that mean he could be in trouble? Well, I don't know for you, but when they signed Cédric Paquette, I thought that it was an insurance policy. I sure didn't, never thought that he would play on the third line. I thought he would play on the fourth line, play maybe in the best of situations, 60 to 65 games, 
and being able to uh, chip in uh, if there would be some injuries. Now, there are plenty of injuries, and at some point, they needed to look at him as a third-line center. They put um, uh, Mathieu Perrault over there, and he had a really good game once. But, you know, those guys are not a solution on the third line. That's the reason why I was trying to bring uh, Drouin on, on the center line to give at least a top nine that will be more efficient offensively offensively defensively it's another story so i hear you when paquette's gonna come is he gonna get automatically a spot on the fourth line maybe not but that's good tony yeah that's good because when you have challenges into your dressing room to get who's gonna be in the lineup that means that you have depth right now or in the first 10 games the canadian had none and dominic duchamp was not able to challenge his players He was looking at it and say, well, I need this one. I need this one. Even though he's not playing well, I need to put him on the ice for 16 or 17 minutes. And that was the situation why they lost eight out of the first 10, which was the worst in, what, 80 years of the Canadians? Yeah. So the situation is getting better right now. Hey, congratulations to Alex Anthopoulos' Atlanta Braves, who won the World Series. And if you want to buy a Braves jersey or any team of any sport, sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and even our sick merchandise. Use code SICK15 for 15% off on all of their items. All right, earlier today, Jeff Petrie said, the reason why I've been struggling is I put too much pressure on myself. Uh, it sounds like a logical explanation, considering that Shea Weber's career is pretty much over. Jeff Petrie has more on his plate. It makes sense to me, Francois, but I have to tell you, he. besides that, there's just, is there something else? Well, you know, we, we are not in the dressing room anymore. We don't have close contact with the players. We cannot read what's going on in the room. Sometimes you don't need to speak with players. You look and you feel what's going on and you can understand why things are happening. Right now, I cannot read into his mind. What I can read on is the way he plays. And we saw uh, too many times uh, Jeff Petrie playing at the, you know, uh, with the tip of his stick, not getting involved. That guy needs to play with confidence. He is not a number one defenseman. You know, remember how he was playing in Edmonton before he got traded to Montreal? Yeah. It, it was tough. When he came to Montreal, he was in a better position. His chair was more comfortable. He was able to play with confidence. And last year with Joel and Menson, he had a partner uh, that he was looking at and said, oh, he has my back. I can, I can understand that. Which was not the case with so many guys that played with Jeff Petrie. This season... It's back to square one. Not only Shea Weber is not there, so the number one defenseman spot goes uh, to Jeff Petrie, but he has nobody to play with when he can feel safe. This guy cannot think about, oh, what if I get caught? What if I make a bad pass? So he's, he's not controlling the pace. He's not controlling the game. He's just pushing the puck aside and pushing away. He's making bad passes, and he's not, you know, He's not as sharp as he needs to be because around him, things are not in the, in the best of situation. That guy needs to play comfortably. And right now, it's uncomfortable. That's the way I see it. And it's no offense to Petrie. Give him a partner in which he will trust. Joel Edmondson, when he's going to come back, will be a big boost in the arm and in the confidence of Petrie. 
And he needs to understand that you have to deal with the fact that you're the number one defenseman on this team because Shea Weber is not there. And it's certainly not Ben Sherratt who's going to be the number one defenseman. Speaking of which, let's just say, and we've been told that Carey Price uh, does not need uh, to enroll uh, in the Players Assistance Program for a second time. Uh, he should um, get out of the, the program on Friday, and at one point he's going to join the team. Let's just say Price and Edmondson are back playing for the Canadians in three weeks. Is that fair? Let's just say. Three weeks, it, it's fair. Yeah. Okay. By then... Will they have dug, in your opinion, will they have dug themselves a hole too big to get out of? Or did they find the template versus Detroit to play that kind of game and be back in the running, maybe be close to 500? Well, you just said it. If they played like they played last night, they will give them a chance to win some games and maybe get on a streak that would be interesting. Or you know what? Maybe go and get a point here and there, even if you lose in overtime or in shootout. But if they come back the way they played on the West Coast and how they started the season, having some mediocre games at best and being terrible in games that they should have won and won easily, then they will dig that hole and they will be buried uh, to the neck before they can get some relief and get some confidence back with Price in front of the net and with Edmondson on the left side of Patriot. In ending, still no news on Mark Bergevin, huh? No, and uh, you know what? For me, this is this is one of the start of the problem. If at the top of the pyramid, nothing is happening, and people, players, fans, players, everybody's looking at it, say, "What's going on?" You know, it has repercussion down and down on the ice in the offices. He nobody likes this situation unless uh, Jeff Molson likes it. But there, he has nothing to gain there because the more he waits, the more we understand that he wants to part ways with Marc Bergevin because what if at the end of the year he says, well, finally, I've decided to sign him. What? Why have you waited eight months to do this? You know, it was easy to do and it was a way to clear things up to make sure that a year that was looking to be difficult will not get more difficult because of the non-action of the owner than, than uh, showing up and say, you know what, this is over. We're going to pay him. He's going to go back. I'm going to groom the new guy and uh, we'll bring him in and he will, he will settle down and we'll, yeah. he will give the new uh, vision for the future. Yeah. The because future. Francois, pardon me, nine times out of 10, when you don't extend your personnel before a season or during the season, at the end of the season, they're gone. It happened to Dano, it happened to Tatar, it happened to Radulov, it happened to Markov, it happens to players, it will happen to general managers as well. If you're convinced you have the right guy at the helm, you extend this contract the way Tampa Bay did with a Brisbois and, and, and the way other teams have done. So, um, I probably am going to ask you this question a thousand times, but if I ask you today, today, and I'm going to keep on asking you throughout the season, so get ready. If I ask you today, the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens next year will be? Oh. Martin Madden Jr. or Mathieu Darche? That would be my wild guess for the moment. That's the most logical right now, right? I had this conversation, though, with a buddy of mine earlier this morning. And we talked about Martin Madden Jr. And he said he doesn't like the spotlight. I don't know if that's true or not. True? Uh, I think it's true. I think it's true. And uh, it's a huge spotlight for 
a GM in Montreal. <laughs> Marc Bergevin can deal with the spotlight. He can deal with the pressure. What he can deal with is this situation when he got the full confidence of his owner, when the yeah. team was going nowhere, when the yeah. team was missing the playoff, and he doesn't get the confidence of his owner the year after they go to the Stanley Cup final. Well, Please explain me this. I hear you, but you know what I say to that? You know what I say to my buddy? I didn't like the spotlight either, but then I found someone to give me $3 million a year, and guess what? I don't mind the spotlight anymore. You give Martin Madden $3 million a year, he won't mind the spotlight. Hey, let's do it again sometime soon. Perfect. You're a money man guy. Uh, I try my best. There you have it, Francois Gagnon of RDS. It's now time to make some money. Stuck for sick picks. Brought to you by MyBookie. And place your bets on MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag slash the sick podcast and use code SICKPICKS to double your deposit. Bet, win, get paid. I'm sorry. It's not going to be two in a row for the Montreal Canadiens. To me, they beat the Detroit Red Wings. And Detroit, albeit better in the standings than the Canadiens, in my opinion, are an inferior hockey team. The Islanders make you pay for your mistakes. The Canadians are still giving away the puck too much for my liking. I'll take the Islanders to beat the Montreal Canadiens. And I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Green Bay Packers minus Aaron Rodgers, who's out with COVID. Give me one unit on the Islanders. Give me two units on the Chiefs. I'm out. Marinero, the sick podcast. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and The Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you.